it is beautiful outside and it may be time to get out there on the golf links for you but if you're anything like me that's going to end up embarrassing yourself you don't want to do that you may love the sport you may love the idea you may love the concept and so instead of going out there how about you get your golf the way I get mine, and that's with our friends over at WGT Golf, the official sponsor of DNVR Gaming. It is one of the most beloved games in the world, and it's the most beloved free golf game that's loved by over 20 million players around the world, including the two of us, everybody on the DNVR staff, most of the people in the DNVR community, and you can join us at our country club when you download the app totally for free on your phone or computer. You can play closest to the hole or full stroke play at world famous courses, including Pebble Beach, Bethpage, Black St. Andrews, and more. And you get all of the top golf experience with all kinds of brands. You can upgrade your equipment. There's real life. If you're a real life golf aficionado, this really is the game for you for those days when you can't get outside and enjoy the beauty of Colorado or wherever you may be. So make sure you go to dnvrgolf.com and download WGT Golf today. And go. In the air, deep right center go. field. Two right home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go out. Chuck Nasty. Two run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives his high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Got some right here. It's rich and CBD infused, potentially life altering. It's wonderfully delicious and you get it for 20% off if you use the code DNVR20. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. Patrick Lyons, our beat writer, of course, along for this one. And Patrick... There will be baseball. The, the The news sort of broke as we were wrapping up yesterday. Um, we were both still a little bit in the state of, oh, we'll believe it when we see it. I was actually talking with uh, our social media guy, or he does a lot of things on the Nugget side too, Brendan Vogt. You, you all know him, you love him. And, uh, he, you know, he had made this graphic and we were talking about when to put it out. And he, he was hitting me up and he was like, is this official? Is it too soon to do this baseball is back thing? And I was saying, you know, there is this one last hurdle. And then right as we were having that conversation, the MLBPA released a statement that simply said, basically, the negotiations are over. We'll see you on the first. Um, so that basically means other than COVID considerations, which obviously now, and we'll have to talk more about that too, there's going to be baseball. So on today's show, just to let you know, at the end Stick around for the end, because we're going to be playing a new game that we are very excited. If y'all have been hanging out with our NBA folks over on the DNBA show, you're probably familiar with the steps. Uh, we are going to have a more fully realized version of it, but a soft launch, the, the technical debut, the, the spring training of sorts in the summer, because that's what we do this year, uh, of our version of the steps. Hit for the cycle will debut at the end of today's podcast. We also got to talk about... Uh, some of the guys that the Colorado Rockies have signed from 
the draft. Uh, hopefully there will be, for a third day in, in a row, news that breaks while we're live here on the show with regards to that. But Patrick, buddy, it's going to be weird. And you're, you're going to get into it. And you, you've already started getting into the details. of it. But there's going to be some baseball, man. It, it really does look like baseball games are going to be played virus permitting. It's exciting. It's we, we know that all the hurdles have been cleared uh, as far as what the players want, what the owners we think they want, and games are being scheduled. They're working on a uh, 60-game schedule. 40 will be within your league and division, and 20 will be in the other league but in the same division. So Rockies, of course, will be playing the five teams out in the AL West. So they're working on all of those things and should all go well. And ultimately, all it takes is for things to go well within those 27 cities around the U United States. We hope Toronto and, and Canada is, is going to be all right. But baseball even has a plan for that, too. It seems like Nashville might be the location where if they need to pull teams to, to move to a neutral site, they'll have that opportunity. But bottom line, if if all of these teams can, you know, work together and and, and stay safe, we're gonna have a, a sixty game season that that starts on July twenty fourth. It ends on September twenty seventh. We'll have normal playoffs, so you don't have to do a crash course to try to figure out what's happening with the playoffs. And it's it's a good day to finally to be a baseball fan, as good as any fan of any sport can be in the year twenty twenty. 100% right. And, you know, we're going to get into this now. Our guy, Sean Trewartha, wants to know, is the three-batter minimum rule still in effect? It is. Um, my understanding is that there's no no other rules have been altered or changed uh, other than what we're about to dive into right here and right now. So, as Patrick was saying, there's going to be uh, 60 games that are going to be played. This was still a bit of a question like, like I, I, we talked about this yesterday. I said it depends on how you define provision, and I doubt they'll define the DH as a provision. It would have been remarkably punitive for them to lump the, the universal DH in with the postseason bonuses and all of that. And it would appear as though I'm correct. They didn't do that. So I, I got preemptively upset at the owners. They did the wise thing there. The DH is going to be there this year, as it should be. So that will be new for you NL fans. And we've discussed before why that's actually very beneficial to the Rockies, particularly Charlie Blackman and Daniel Murphy and the young players behind them, whether it be Sam Hilliard in the outfield, Garrett Hampson, either infield or outfield, or McMahon sliding over, like that kind of player, and, and Brendan Rodgers. That group of players uh, are very much benefited by the DH. It, it, the entire team, the entire roster benefits yeah. when you have that flexibility to give guys the day off you know we we saw it last year when when arenado you know got got hit on the hand by by cole hamels and when they went to houston he was able to dh for two days get him back in the lineup kind of you know getting back in the groove of things so it, it definitely allows a lot of opportunity you know we'll we'll break down a lot of the strategic stuff in the next uh days and, and weeks ahead because with uh, one of the new rules i'll i'll, I'll get to is of course in, in extra innings there's going to be base runner there's gonna be a, a runner on second base and if you have a speedy guy like garrett hampson sitting on your bench you put him in he can play just about any position that is now an advantage that colorado may have over maybe a few other teams and now you know in, in soccer there's a phrase called uh, 
they, they say parking the bus where look you just your your job is to play defense uh, for the entire 90 minutes plus extra time, and when it goes 0-0, you get your points you know, against maybe a really good team, or you go into a shootout. Well, for the Rockies, if they can just get to extra innings, they're going to get a run in the ninth inning with Garrett Hampson on there at second base and no outs. Right. Or in games that Hampson is in there, Toppy is probably the guy who's on the bench, and, and you've got yeah. great speed there. So you're right. The Rockies, actually, with the emphasis they've placed in the last several years on p- positional versatility, and athleticism, even on days when it's like Ian Desmond. Now I'm trying to think how, how, how could you set it up so that Hampson and Tapia are both starting? Um, what what would your bench look like? Just really quick. But even somebody like Ian Desmond, who doesn't have the top speed that those guys have, if he's a pinch runner, he's got slightly above average speed and really good base running instincts and ability. And so like they've they've got a good collection of talent there on the bench i think to make that work sam hilliard is also a guy obviously that has has plenty of speed and ultimately off the top of my head there there isn't anybody right now in in the double a triple a ranks i think that is entirely lighting up the base paths that you could say dollar can move a bit sure sure yeah but but there's not that that top prospect that you say hey this guy swiped 70 bags last year maybe he's just a professional pinch runner uh, that guy ultimately doesn't exist right now in the organization. Eddie Diaz and Julio Carreras are, are two guys at Grand Junction last year that were super fast, but I think that's you know uh, far too big of a jump for those guys, even if they're just coming on as pinch runners. So you know there there will be those options. Teams will of course have uh, a sixty man team that they're going to submit names to uh, their 40-man roster in addition to another 20 players, which is largely going to be comprised of those AA, AAA players, maybe even those guys that were invited to camp in the spring as a non-roster invite. And, you know, so there is room where you could get creative like that, but uh, you may need all 60 of those guys. You may need the additional 20 players. And, And, again, we'll get into the details of of how those additional players could factor in throughout the course of this basically two-month season. Yeah, yeah, and and we'll get into the details on who we think are going to be, you know, the members of that squad and what kind of role they can play, obviously, as we get closer to things here. But we want to make sure that everyone's on board with the the overview of what this is going to look like. Um, And then I'm going to make an attempt at this crab kick. (laughs) It comes in saying... Uh, was kind of digging the extra innings rule, the random college tournament a few weeks ago. Uh, you load the bases to start the 10th, home run derby for the 11th. I'm not, and, and we, we've sort of talked about this, and it looks like baseball is not going to get too crazy. I saw some people responding when you tweeted out the changes yesterday, Patrick, like, it's not even baseball anymore. Why even bother? this? And for me, like, there's actually nothing extreme in here, I don't love the player on second to start extras in a normal season in a 60-game year where we're trying to get as many of these things played before ever. I don't, <clears throat> I don't have a problem with any of this, and I wouldn't even have a problem with that. So that I guess that's what I would say to people is like that sounds entertaining as hell, um, and they're not going that far. So for anyone who's like, you know, this isn't real baseball, it's like. It could be much weirder, <laughs> and that could still be fun. You Ultimately, you, you just need a way to break the tie, and the only way to break the tie is by scoring a run. So 
the easiest way to to create you know run scoring is to put a runner on on second base with no outs. I mean that's the bottom line. It's better than a tie, and and all these ideas that we have coming up in uh, those that are watching live on on Periscope, uh, Twitter, uh, YouTube, Facebook. Again, all of these suggestions are are something that you know certainly can be looked at in the future. But we don't want to tie, and we don't want games to go into you know, the 16th inning like we had last year in San Francisco. I had a lot of fun. I I knew my entire weekend was going to be ruined for staying up to 2 a.m. That was fun. But at the same time, you know, um, we we just don't live in a world where people, you know, should be doing that as viewers. Players should be put in that unfortunate situation. And, and again, with, with a limited camp that these guys are going to, right, they're going to have three weeks to kind of ramp up. Forget, forget the fact that, you know, they were already into camp, you know, five weeks. That That's moot because everything's shut down. They're working out at home. They're not working out at, at a normal spring training camp facility, exhibition games, things of that nature. No. So, again, have to err on the side of caution. That's just going to be for 2020, just like the Universal DH. It's just temporary right now, and it, it'll make for – It'll make for some from in, some interesting strategy, I think, to say the least. And we'll go forward, you know, after that and reevaluate. And we can find out if I really am good because they were floating this idea anyway, and I think I hate it. Well, let me find out. Maybe I don't hate it. Maybe I'll I'll watch and go. Actually, you know, this didn't throw off the competitive balance of the league. It didn't make a mockery of the games. It was fine. Or it'll go the other way. And at least we learned about it in this season that was already a big, gigantic, different thing anyway. Now's the time to find out about stuff like this. Which is partially why I'm still frustrated there, was, there doesn't appear to have been any movement on the electronic strike zone. This seems like the perfect time to do that. And that, that element of it appears to have been dropped very on, very early on uh, in this process. Which is, again, that, that's the same principle. Like You've got an opportunity to experiment here with ideas that people are either going to love or hate... And it's difficult to be fully sold on them until you see it in action. It's like what Bud Black said about instant replay. He wasn't a huge fan. He kind of was convinced a little bit intellectually, but wasn't sure. Then he saw it in action and went, actually, this is fine. It's not ruining the game. It's helping us get the calls right more often than not. So let's I think find the, out. Yeah, no, that, that's, it's a good point. Uh, I think with what MLB saw in the Atlantic League, uh, they must not have liked what they did see. They did test it out. They did try it. They did have an electronic strike zone in, in the uh, independent leagues, in the Atlantic League, as it's called. And ultimately, I guess the results were such that it, the technology just, just isn't there yet. So I think, you know, again, the, the players or the owners could push for this and say, we got to have it. Okay, you've got it, but it's not great right now. I think, I think baseball and, and even the players, they probably want it to come when it's when it's ready. And and you got to think it's very close, right? You got to think it's, it's yeah. very close. It, 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 yeah. That, that always just brings up my frustration of it. It'd been nice if they were investing in the technology five years ago when they should have been, but that ship has long since sailed. And you're right. The last thing that people like me should want is for them to implement the electronic strike zone poorly for exactly the reason I'm saying. If we say, oh, we put it in and it's bad. And then the people like Tracy Ringlesby, who I've sort of intellectually convinced to come on board with the electronic strike zone, but whose biggest problem is, it's not what you just said, the technology is not ready. Well, let's get it ready enough for Tracy and then we can have it. I I think that's, you know, that's that's sort of my general take here. And I hope everyone's ready to crack open a, a bunch of Breck Brew and hate 
the hell out of your own division. I, I hope hope you really hate your division for baseball this year because I'm, I'm going to be drinking that mile high copper lager, watching a lot of these games from the the home. Assuming uh, I'm assuming they're only going to allow one of us there at a time, so I'll either be at home half the time or down at the DNVR bar taking in the mile high copper lager. Going to head over to the farmhouse as often as I can. And use that promo code DNVR because it'll give me five bucks off my meal and beer. Uh, but if you don't have the option to get over to the farmhouse, you can always call Davidson's for some curb, uh, for some uh, delivery there for you. You can do curbside pickup as well. Get that Breck uh, 15 can sampler pack if you're trying to try some new stuff out. Uh, if you're a lager fan and you like a nice, easy-drinking summer beer, that Mile High Copper is just perfect for you. It's perfect for me, I'll tell you that much. And I'm going to be throwing them back and apparently watching a lot of Giants and Padres and Diamondbacks and damn, damn Dodgers, Patrick, because 40 of the 60 games that the Colorado Rockies are going to play this season are going to come inside of the division that's 10 against each of these teams um well i've got a take on this but i want to hear yours initially what what is your just reaction to that i think that's good i, I think having such a large majority is is going to you know really make it about hey the best team in this division not not the best team in baseball but the best team in the division so you're you're rewarding that interdivisional play i think a lot more than you know in previous seasons if, if two-thirds of the year is against the division normally that would be a one that would be 100 games that would be almost you know every week uh, you go and you say hey you know to your buddy you want to get tickets for the rock pile who's in town the padres they get they just played them they were just in san diego they went from they, they played the Padres at Coors, then they went to San Diego for a four-game set. Now they're back together. Like, are they carpooling? Like, what, what's going on with this? <laughs> so, you know, it, it just is what it is. What I, I find it'll be interesting. What will the breakdowns be? Because I don't know if there's going to be a way to balance it. What you're going to have is either a pair of five-game series, and at this point, why do you necessarily need to, I guess, refresh or revitalize, you know, the visiting team? every three or four days, right? So you can have five-game series, right? Or what you're going to have is, you know, two three-game series and a four-game series, which means six and four. How do you at least conveniently have five games at home and five games on the road against the Giants? You can't. So, again, unless they kind of alter, you know, how they make that schedule. And it probably would be better if they had five-game series. Probably. Again, that would only be for this year, and that's fine. But, you know, if they were to try to have a normal schedule, then, you know, you could have six games in in L.A. and only four at Coors. And, you know, that that, that certainly would be an imbalance that, again, in a 60-game season could affect the outcome of the NL West pennant winner. Yeah. Yeah, your your initial takeaway there was more or less the same as mine, that it, it, this helps to combat the notion that whoever emerges as the champion this year uh, is a bit of a rando. Uh, because you have to play so many games against your division, we should at the very least get a very strong concept of who the best team in each division is. That should be able to be 
proven out, right? Whereas if you, you're kind of playing everyone but randomly, different matchups and then the strength of schedule becomes a bigger issue actually there. But you're right, they, they are creating, unless, unless they're willing to go with a five-game set, which I hope they will, and, and Matt asks, do we know what the schedule will look like yet? And the answer to that is no. Uh, <laughs> no, unfortunately, we, we do not. And uh, we'll obviously dive into it as, as soon as we can. I would imagine it's kind of still being put together um, like this is all coming together very, very quickly. Um, but, uh, and, and then, then I've also heard, uh, I think it was Will set up here to answer Matt's next question about announcers broadcasting from the booth or studio. Um, and Will had set up here that, uh, home TV crews will be doing remote broadcasts for road games is also what I've heard. Don't know how much of this is confirmed again. I'm sure everyone involved, uh, much like us, you know, we don't know yet what games we're going to be able to cover, um, how much of that's going to be in person, what kind of access we're going to have to the players and manager, um, what our post games are going to be able to look like, any of that. We're, we're going to have to feel it all out as we, as we move uh, through all of it here. Uh, but to get back to the, the thing about playing so many games in the division, yeah, on the one hand, I think it's, it, it really is a good idea. It's the best thing they could do to balance the, the competitiveness of things and, and say, you at least got to emerge as the best of your group, uh, which I think makes sense. It is a little bit ironic that I feel like for the last 20 or so years in baseball, we've moved a little bit away from the understanding that like you can be trapped in a division of death. And that's why we added the wild card. And then the second wild card, because you could win so many games, but if you, and, and the Rockies happen to have been on several occasions trapped in a division of death, especially when the Dodgers and Giants were good at the same time with their resources. Right this moment, the Dodgers are who they are. The Giants, Padres, and Diamondbacks, I feel are imminently beatable. So while I'd be scared of playing the Dodgers 10 times, I think this is a, a division the Rockies could come in second with the way they match up against the teams in particular. Very likely. You know, I, I think the it'll be hard for a team in the NL East to win one of the wild cards, again, because they're going to be playing teams in the AL East, right? And who are, you know, incredibly competitive, everyone except, you know, Baltimore and Toronto's on, on the way up. We saw that last year at Coors Field with uh, with all those, those great young players coming up for the Blue Jays. So I think that's going to be hard. I, I think the NL Central, somebody will, will jump out there as far as a wild card team with whoever doesn't win the division. And yeah, I think there's a good chance that we see one of the two wild cards coming out of the NL West. Now, you know, going into the, the final week of the season, again, if there are seven games in that final week, shoot, a, a seven-game win streak coupled with a team that goes two and five, you know, that's a, that's a major swing that's huge, yeah. right there. That's two and a half games that you can make up in a very short amount of time. And again, you, you back play it. Again, you, you can jump up so much because, you know, they're only playing a third of a season. So it's going to be in, in, incredibly hard to, you know, to, to separate yourself from that middle pack, so to speak. And it's also going to be incredibly hard to be completely out of it because right. all it's going to take is, you know, two really good weeks and you're going to be against the, the, 
the right teams, if you will, right? Especially if there's a chance to win the division. You're going to be playing the right teams that every win is worth almost two games, right? We're, we're winning. We're going to go up by a half a game. And the team that we beat is going to slide back half a game. So, right. yes, it's only one. But, you know, you're, you're gaining a lot more than just a singular win against a team from another division. Coupled with the fact that the, there is going to still be a, a trade deadline. It's going to be August 31st. Um, for those hardcores that uh, have looked into this, you know, last year was the first year where they did not have any kind of secondary slash loose trade deadline. It was, look, the 31st is it. And that, that was the case. You could still get players after that, but it was not like in years prior. So now instead of having a trade deadline on July 31st, you know, four weeks into the season, that <laughs> um, they're going to move it back to August 31st. And then players that are going to be eligible for postseason roster, they have to make their debut by September 15th. So ultimately that means if, if Ryan Rawlson's a guy who – you know, doesn't debut for the Rockies, you know, because they're trying to keep his innings down or something like that, but they think he can help them out in the bullpen, well, they're going to need to make sure he makes his debut by September 15th so that he is eligible to go in the playoffs. So we'll be be keeping our eyes on all that. It's going to be a lot to learn and a lot to follow. And Will, you're right, a five-game series would cut down on travel time costs and travel exposure, um, and it would, would help solve this whole competitive balance issue that we're talking about. So I'd really love to see him do it that way. I have no idea what's going to happen. We're, we'll learn right along with everybody else. It, just like we're learning about rugby. It's just, it's, it's basically the same process If because we, we've been learning a new sport all year. I've been diving into the rugby stuff. It's been a whole lot of fun learning the rules of a sport. There's two sports I've been doing this year along with the hockey, but uh, the rugby, I'll tell you what, it's, it's super intuitive if you've got an understanding of great athleticism, then you more or less understand rugby. There's a couple of weird rules, and you can turn to our guy, Colton Strickler, who got 101 podcasts for you. He's got deep dive breakdowns with the players. We've been doing watches to help you learn all of the stuff and get you knowing the history of the DNVR Raptors, getting you excited about their eventual return to the pitch. Rugby is growing. They're adding teams it's going it's going to be the next big thing here in american sports you you don't want to be behind especially because colorado has got an extraordinary franchise here for you to get on basically on the ground floor everyone will still accept you as having been there from the beginning if you get in now so check out all that stuff over on our podcast network colton strickler doing the dnvr raptors podcast make sure you're following him on twitter you're checking out all that stuff. And if it's within your means, especially during this time, you pick up some uh, Colorado Raptors merchandise. One, you're going to look dope. And two, you're helping out uh, a franchise that could really use it. You're helping us out. You're helping your community out. You're showing your support in more ways than one for Colorado sports. And Colorado sports are on their way back, baby. We are all very, very excited for that. All right, Patrick, any any final thoughts here on the return of the baseball season before we move in to the other news and notes of the day? The only thing I can think of is that, you know, rosters will start with uh, 30 players on them for the first two weeks, then they'll dwindle down to 28, and then for the final month they will be 26, so there won't be any expanded Just roster this year. 
Mechanic originally, backwards, originally, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, originally it was the expanded uh, September expansion was actually going to be was only going to bump up to twenty eight, but uh, now it's just going to be you know twenty six for that. The one rule that they decided to to pull back on was something about position players being able to pitch. There were specific rules about you know winning by six or more runs. You know, you could have a position player pitch in extra innings. Right now, they're they're they've squashed that, so you know we we could see position players at any point. Get Danny Descalso out there as often as possible. That's right. Uh, going back to the rosters, taxi squad. There'll actually be up to three players that can be brought on the road. I could see this being a, a rule that ends up sticking around, where you can have guys um, that you may need to activate, you know, at, at a moment's notice. If you bring three players, one of them has to be a catcher. Uh, so you could have, you know, certain kind of flexibility depending on the game. Uh, I could see that being a way that, that the, the Players Association feels like, you know, they are creating more jobs, so to speak, if players are getting, you know, a, additional playing time or at least service time. Right. And um, we're going to still have a 10-day injured list. Originally, it was going to be 10-day injured list for players, and then pitchers were going to have a 15-day IL. Dodgers. Yes, uh, the the Dodger DL or Dodger IL is back, so now it'll just be 10 days. And instead of a 60-day injured list, it'll actually be a 45-day injured list. So, again, that's just for this season. So, again, kind of interesting. And finally, uh, COVID-19 concerns, if you're interested in, in all the little the minutia of that, you know, players are going to be uh, – their temperatures are going to be tested twice daily. They're going to be tested as soon as they arrive for, for that camp uh, on, on July 1st. If testing is negative, they can go ahead and begin workouts. Uh, you know, masks have to be worn at all time for anyone who's not an active player in the game. So, you know, the trainers that you normally see, coaches, uh, will be forced to wear uh, masks. Anyone who is is not going to play in that game. So, if Kyle Freeland, you know, he pitches, uh, he has a three-hit shutout on Friday night. On Saturday, you know, he's not playing. He can sit in the stands and uh, or or elsewhere. And he'll be wearing a mask, spitting, chewing tobacco, tobacco, um, all kinds of celebration stuff like that uh, is is a no go. And uh, again, players that are deemed high risk, we don't know what the the, ram- the qualifications are for that. But players that are deemed high risk do have the opportunity to opt out on the season. So that will be interesting to see how that plays out. If anyone, you know takes MLB up on that offer, uh, how that will be viewed. Hopefully, I think, for the most part, players, you know, teammates are going to understand kind of, of what's at stake, and I think uh, it'll be understood. Because if you're, if you're playing baseball at this high level, there's a good chance you're not a high-risk player, right? So it, it will be a rare case that happens, and again, I think that will be understood if the players decide to sit out for the 2020 season. Yeah, I agree. Um just straight up human level, I worry about David Dahl um, because this guy won't ever take himself out of a baseball game ever. The guy literally chose to give up his spleen so he could get back on the field before, and that and and that's why he's um, actually immunocompromised. And and I I cannot imagine. It will have someone else will have to make that decision for him, and I hope it's not an issue. 
I really, really don't want that young man to get sick because it could be worse. And and that is the other thing. And I really don't know. I'm not. That I just have to leave it there. I'm not a doctor. We don't know. That's just my understanding of things. And and not having a spleen really hurts your immune system. And and people with immune systems that are weak are are more susceptible to this thing. And to the long term consequences of it. And this is where we get into the next bit of news here. And and I actually wrote this when it happened. You know, we've gotten this report. It's Kyle Newman of the Denver Post first reporting that uh, three members of the Colorado Rockies have tested positive for COVID-19. Philip Deal, Ryan Castellani, and Charlie Blackman. Um, This is where our jobs get really weird and interesting because, you know, a broken whatever and you're out for a couple weeks. We report that. We talk about it. We go in depth. We, we talk about what it means. We've talked about other guys who've had foot surgeries and we how long it took them to get back and we do the whole thing. We don't know what this means. We really don't. We have no, and we have no way of knowing and we're going to have to wait till doctors and people tell us if and when Deal Castellani and Blackman can come back, what that'll look like, how safe they should or should not be uh, being around others, and even what the long-term health consequences are. You know, I've, I've heard a lot of people saying, you know, there's this big misnomer out there that because you can survive this, because you've got an incredibly high likelihood to survive it if you're healthy and, and relatively young, sort of under the age of 55 or whatever, that you're fine. But surviving it and emerging on the other side to the same person capable of doing the same things athletically, or, or, it's a completely different story. And so... We're going to have to navigate this as best we can without much information. So, I mean, welcome to 2020. That's what we're all doing, right, is trying to navigate a global pandemic without much information. And we'll have to err on the side of humanity, err on the side of the human being, err on the side of life and not on the side of sports and entertainment. And and that's that's really the best way that, that, as you said, we can navigate this thing throughout this year. And unfortunately, next year, too, because it does appear that, that that's how long this thing is, is going to take before we can really just say, Drew, let's just shake hands and let's not worry about washing them. And, you know, I'm going to plant one on your cheek, too, as I miss you so much, bud. <laughs> Bring it and in, bud. Bring it in. We don't, we don't know when we can start smooching uh, our, our friends on the cheek. It's, it could be a long time. But until then, yeah, we need to err on the side of, of, of human life. Right. So if either... Um, David Dahl or Scott Oberg decide they can't play this year. Uh, do not bring your uh, negative comments to us, <laughs> or do, but you'll probably just get straight eviscerated because I'm not, I'm not hearing it on that. I'm not, I'm not. I worry about those guys. I really do because they're such competitors, and I worry about. I mean, those are the guys in our our neighborhood. There's lots of guys out there right now who are in a weird spot of having to make this decision for themselves. You know, do I disappoint my fans? Do I disappoint my teammates? Do I disappoint my own career? Uh, but make sure that I'm taking care of myself. Or uh, you've mentioned, you know, guys whose, whose wives are pregnant. I'm there for, for her, for, for my child. So, like, um, sort of blanket. Like, if, if guys can't show up, support them. Don't, don't make it a thing. 100% couldn't say it better myself. So... 
Let's move into the other bit of news, the not not quite so dark end, and, and we'll do our best to give you the details on Blackman and Deal and Castellani, and, and obviously with everything else we just said, hopefully, you know, is understood. We wish them the, the fastest of recoveries, the fullest of recoveries, and, and we'll let you know when we know. Uh, we're also just not going to pry... Here, one last thing on that. I am not going to go hunting down for who tests positive. If it comes out, it comes out. There's a really weird ethical and moral thing if guys want to make it public knowledge that they've tested positive for this thing or if it becomes public knowledge through other publications we will discuss it i'm not going through medical records i'm not asking that question i'm i don't feel comfortable with that just so everybody knows like i'm not going to go look you're you're not going to see breaking news on dnvr we found out the next person with covid so um yeah, it's 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 somewhat of an, an invasion of privacy. I mean, again, it 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 doesn't necessarily mean anything because again, if if these players are going in and out of the facility and that's it, and somebody else gives it to them or somebody else is asymptomatic and gives it to them, they have done nothing wrong. Yet, and again, the public eye, it's like, well, obviously, this guy maybe he's he's doing some things he shouldn't be or he's not taking good enough care of himself or that the Rockies have failed or that, you know, they should be doing a better job. And, you know, those things just, just aren't fair. And, you know, some mm-hmm. things, you know, need, need to stay private in, in a way it's, it's enough to know. And, and, and we're going to know those things where, Hey, so-and-so is not in the lineup. How's, how's he doing? You know, he, he pulled up lame to second base yesterday. And then may, maybe, maybe that question is, is asked as like an out and it's like, uh, yeah, he's just not playing today. Okay, so we didn't get an answer. So that probably means this player tested positive or is, is having symptoms. And, you know, and the fans are going to want to know that too. So it's, it's hard to know how to navigate this. But mm-hmm. we're, we're going to do our best. And, again, we're going to err on the side of, of the human being and, and their privacy in, in, during this time. All right, let's flip over to some good news, Patrick. Let, let's talk about a good thing that happened today. The Colorado Rockies have agreed to terms with their first overall and the ninth overall pick in this year's draft, young Mr. Zach Veen. Patrick, what are the details on this one? Yeah, so Zach Veen, kind of as expected, he did go over slot, but not by much. Uh, the pick was valued at about $4.9 million. His signing bonus was $5 million. So really he got uh, $50,000 and $900 over what he was supposed to get. So, okay, nice. His agent got, got him a little something extra. Uh, it is more than what Robert Hassel III got. Uh, he was the first high school outfielder and high school player uh, to be taken one pick ahead of Veen by the Padres. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually a little surprised that he didn't get a lot much more from Colorado or ask for more. I, I think, Same. again, great, great job by Colorado to know that they were able to do that. I was, you know, extremely worried. I, I was a bit doubtful that the Rockies may be able to, to get this done or if they were to get it done, that that meant some of their other picks, you know, weren't going to get their money. And and again, there's there's it's a domino effect. But uh, Veen is is locked up uh, just a little bit over slot. I know Case Williams, uh, their fourth round pick, went a little bit under slot, and uh, Sam Weatherly, as well as uh, Jacob Blomgren, the, their their third and and fifth round picks respectively, they both got slot value. 
coming out of the University of Clemson and Michigan, respectively. So a good day where they, they lock up you know, three more players. That's four out of the six, uh, not to mention their, their undrafted free agent, Luke Lysenring. So you know, things are, are really lining up for, for this draft so far. Right. Uh, so if, if you're wondering what's left out there, it is the Rockies' second and third picks. And, in fact, this tweet that I just found from Prospects365 uh, sums it up pretty nicely here. Um, it says, if my math is correct, so I guess we're going to have to hope that their math is correct. And assuming Chris McMahon signs for a slot value of $1.62 million, the Rockies can offer Romo 2.645170 without exceeding 105% of their draft pool allotment, which means that they wouldn't have to forfeit future picks. So if, if all of that lines up, they can, they can overpay Romo here a little bit, pay McMahon about what he's due, though, though we did hear some things about how McMahon was thinking he'd go a little higher. Um, you know, that, that may be, I, I would guess that's what's being ironed out here is, is exactly how to split what the Rockies have left between these two guys. I'm still leaning pretty positively because of what you just laid out with Zach Veen, that they didn't have to go a million or one five or even two million. I think that was on the table going that far over slot value um, that they might have to be forced into that position now that they didn't, I think they can get this worked out here with Romo and McMahon. For sure. Yeah. Uh, for, for those that have been, you know, reading the, our, our draft coverage, you know that teams can actually go over their bonus pool, but only by a max of an extra 5%. And you pay a tax on that. So again, I know Colorado would like any team, is, is not going to want to have to pay a tax on that. But you can actually go over by a little bit. So they're not really beholden to saying, look, McMahon and Roma, we almost have to give you exactly slot dollars, they, slot value. They can go over that if they need to. Um, but if they were to go over that, that 5% mark, that is where, you know, you start losing draft picks. And, and ultimately, you know, if, again, we're, we're, we're not in those rooms negotiating any of that. But if it turns out that, the Rockies are unable to lock up Drew Romo at 35 or Chris McMahon at 46. That means next year Colorado would get those picks. So they would get the 36th pick next year, uh, and they would get the 47th pick next year in, in 2021. So wouldn't entirely be you know all all for naught. But um, again, already uh, got to give kudos for them to locking up probably the harder uh, of the signs. Uh, from from their draft in Zach Veen. So things going well so far for Colorado right now. Yeah, as we've talked about here before, we've started to fall in love with the profile of Drew Romo a little bit. I'd really like to see what Mark Stripmatter can do with this kid and, and what the defense really looks like. Chris McMahon, I'm very intrigued by and think he could, could be the... In fact, I know he would be the first of these three guys to actually help the Rockies win baseball games. But Zach Veen is the guy you can't lose from this and, and they're not going to if they'd come out of this and not been able to sign him all of the excitement from the draft is just gone it's it just goes away and so the, this was a must get and they they, they done did get so well done there and as you said under some pretty decent parameters we'll keep you updated on those uh, stories as they emerge make sure you subscribe to the dnvr.com as we get out all of the articles uh, about those things as they happen we also know that there is going to be some point in our very near future a conversation with the rockies manager and general manager just a reintroduction to 
seasons happening here or something just kind of a a, a re hello I, I you know i don't think it's about anything specific that's not going to happen today as i just learned but be on the lookout for our reports on whatever it is they've got to say they're, they're collecting information as well they're not going to answer our questions if they don't have answers to them yet and, and so yeah, i think that's uh but sometime I, I would bet probably tomorrow we should be able to meet with bud black and jeff breidich uh and tell you all what's going on there and hopefully we'll have more news about some of these draft signings. Uh, well, Patrick, the long wait is over for a couple of things. First, for the newest element of the DNVR Rockies podcast, I'm very excited to play our very own trivia game. But before we can do that, I want everyone out there to start placing their bets because the long wait is also over for legal betting in the sport, in the sport of Colorado? No, in the state of Colorado, in the sport of sports. In, you know, the sports where there are sports and people win and lose and we're going to have some of those baseball things. I checked this morning. I didn't see any on the DraftKings Sportsbook app that I've got downloaded. I didn't see any lines for baseball yet, probably because we don't know if they're going to that five-game series or not, or all those things are going to change where you're going to be at. But You can bet on Colorado winning the National League. And oh, it's there we very go. favorable. It is very favorable. Yes, it's it's I think plus three thousand. So, Ooh. you know, again, in in a shortened season, anything can happen. It's very much like the Belmont Stakes on Saturday. You know, the favorite, you know, did win, um, and but with this, it's it's just it's just an all out sprint, and anything can anything can happen, especially once you get into the playoffs. So. You know, you're you're you have a couple options to say, hey, for for a hundred dollar bet, I can have a lot of fun for the next two months and dream about you know what I'm gonna buy with, you know, seven thousand dollars. That's the line right now for Colorado. Not that, too shabby. Right now they're the the twelfth, twelfth uh, most favorable odds. So yeah. plus seven thousand dollars right there. Whew. And you don't have to wait four and a half months to find out. Like this is gonna be. You got a couple of long shots you like to win the World Series this year. Now is the time to get in on this thing. So here's what you do. You download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You use the promo code DNVR because when you do, you can get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. That's not written down here incorrectly. I didn't say it wrong. That's, that's, a, that's a whole G you can get just for signing up for the app and using the promo code DNVR and Sportsbook, Dra uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, man, they are absolutely awesome. They're not one of those offshore CD operations that you have to worry about. They're safe, they're secure, they're based right here in the U.S. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. You can place bets anytime, anywhere. They offer all kinds of special bonuses and odds boosts and all kinds of things to keep you engaged throughout all the different sports and really, if you're just paying attention to it and following us here, checking out our pick of the week, you're following the DNVR Bets show, which I highly recommend, you're making money. You already know sports. You're here listening to us talk about it all the time. You're, you're, you've got your own idea of what's going to go on in the baseball world this year, or maybe basketball, hockey, football, whatever your strength is. You can turn that into some extra cash 
in your pocket. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DNVR when you sign up for a limited time. All new users get that sign-up bonus of up to a thousand bucks. All out with that signing bonus only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to 500 bucks. Deposit bonus requires 25 by playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. All right. There it is. Make the big smackaroons. Okay. We intend to have deeper production for this in the future. So welcome to the dry run, the, the spring training, day one of our new trivia game that we hope to be playing primarily with people who are not me, but I will I will be our contestant for the day. I promise you I do not know any of the trivia questions that Patrick is going to ask me. And here's how it's going to be to work. You're all familiar with the game of baseball and proceeding around the bases. This is a trivia question, a trivia game made up of four questions. You got to hit yourself a single, you got to hit yourself a double, you got to hit yourself a triple, and you got to hit yourself a big old home run, and then you have hit for the cycle. Much like in baseball, the difficulty level on those things will go up exponentially as we get deeper into the game. Uh, also, at least is the way we've got it set up right now. There should be two Rockies trivia questions and two just general baseball trivia questions. We're really hoping that some of you out there uh, will find this fun, will want to test your baseball knowledge, and join us. We'll be throwing the uh, link so that you can hop onto the show with us into our Discord. Members who subscribe to dnvr.com will have access to that. And you can come on and compete for a sticker pack, maybe eventually some shirts and some other fun prizes as we figure this thing out uh, and test your knowledge of both the Colorado Rockies and of baseball in general. Well put. Well put, Drew. And, and as you said, if, if I'm the host, if I, that means I'm the pitcher. That's right. And, and, I, and I can't have you hit a double, single, triple, homer. My ERA is going to be inflated. So I'm gonna start off giving you some of my best stuff, and and we'll we'll see how it goes. If I have to turn up the velocity, yeah. if it will, and, and and try to get a little bit funkier. But here we go with with our inaugural hit for the cycle. So, question number one, and those of you playing at home, or if you're in our comment room, go ahead and and leave your answer. Drew will not be looking there, and. Uh, this is how it will go for anyone else playing the game. So the first question, the easiest question, during construction, a seven-foot-long, 1,000-pound skull of what dinosaur was found at Coors Field? It was a dinger. Uh, no. <laughs> is, that, is that not the official term for the uh, – for the... so we're looking for the actual dinosaur, the, uh, the tri-horned one. Yes. Of a ceratops. Maybe. I believe it was the triceratops found at Coors Field. I, I should have had a sound effect for this. I was going to say, I, I, was, I was so ready for my, my bling noise. Oh, wait. I think, I think this is the one I want to use. There we go. There we go. Oh, it's almost it Mario. Too. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. is a little bit. 8 yeah. bit celebration. Oh, I love it so much. Very nice. All right. So you got the first one. That is, of course, the reason why, you know, Dinger is. A, a triceratops because of 
of, of that right. fun little fact right there. All right, we got lo- question number one. All right. Question number t- two. Mm. We'll get this up here on our live production. Who is the only father and son duo to hit back-to-back home runs in ah. the major leagues? See, I got this now, one. For as, as Drew's thinking about this one, I think he does have it, but – uh, what we'll also do is we'll have a couple options uh, in your bullpen for those playing at home where you'll have the opportunity to say, you know, I don't know this one. I think I'm going to phone a friend, and our f- friend is playing the game right now. That will be Drew. Drew will be your friend to, to help you out. Uh, we might even be able to have a multiple-choice question, so you'll have some options. So as you go along and try to hit for the cycle, you'll you'll have a couple options and opportunities to maybe you know reduce the difficulty of the question so drew do you know who is the only father and son to hit back-to-back home runs in the majors so if someone else was playing the game and they had opted for their creaseman clue at this point i might say something like there was a recent mlb network documentary about one of these two players and we discussed it on yesterday's podcast for DNVR, and the answer is, of course, Ken Griffey's junior and senior. Very good. Mom got it, too. Mom, mom's got it in there. Mom and I Creaseman do have got it. my comments blocked. I can't see the comments, so if you know the answer there, I can't see them. You can throw them out. And we'll do that um, when other contestants mm-hmm. come on the show, if you're wondering, so people won't just be able to hang out uh, <laughs> and get all of the all of the answers in the <laughs> in the comment section. All right. Okay. So we're going to give you, I'm going to give you another Rockies style question. Rockies style question. So as Drew said, we're going to have two Rockies, two kind of general baseball questions. This is, isn't a Rockies question so much as a Rockies style question. And this is for our, our new friend uh, of, of hockey, our new fan of hockey. Oh, and that man. question is this. Coors Field hosted the NHL's Winter Classic on February 27th, 2016. Name one of the teams that participated. Oh, man. This is either entrapment. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. I'm going to use my intuitive nature here because I actually... (laughs) can't say that I know this for sure, but I'm going to go out on a limb. This is where I would multiple choice this thing. Um, I'm going to say the Colorado Avalanche played in that game. You'd be correct, yes. <laughs> and, and the multiple choices that I created for this did not involve the Avalanche because that would actually make it a little bit too easy. Right. Uh, I'll, I'll give you an opportunity to see if you can guess the other one as a little bit of a, of a mm. bonus. Was it Either the Hartford Whalers, the New Jersey Devils, the Detroit Red Wings, or the Atlanta Thrashers. This is just I was going to guess Red Wings. You would be correct. Very okay. nice. So, so it was Abs Wings. Okay. All right. So you got, you got the hardest part, some would say, yeah. of the cycle. You, you hit your triple. So now our level four question. And, you know, this, this could vary, I think, from, from week to week because it's hard to know what's a hard question for one person could be easy for another, but I think this is, is somewhat definitively a more difficult question. So okay. here we go. And if you need the multiple choices, I got them ready for you okay. as your lifeline. So 
on June 9, 1970, an exhibition game between the Major League Washington Senators and the Minor League Denver Bears took place. This was at Bear Stadium slash Mile High. What Hall of Famer was the Senators manager in 1970 for that game? Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay. We have have ratcheted up the difficulty here. That That is for sure. Okay. So, so it's a little bit of a flourish on the front end, but ultimately, Oof. what Hall of Famer was the Senators manager in 1970? Mm-hmm. This is where I can't wait for when we've got our, our music and our stuff lit, so it just adds to the tension in my brain while I think through guys I know managed around that time. Uh, <laughs> now, let's see if he's a manager. I mean, he's retired, so obviously he wasn't playing through the 70s. Right. And he's in the Hall of Fame. It doesn't say as a player or as a manager. It just says that he's in the Hall of Fame. True. Some guys around that time who did the thing. All right, let, let, let's do it. Let's for, for multiple reasons here, let's make this multiple choice. Let's show the people okay. what it would look like because this is not a thing that I just know, no. You know, one of those... Triceratops, I had <laughs> that. That I was good on. Let's let's make it multiple choice. I feel like I could pick them out here. All right. So on, again, the question was on June 9th, nineteen seventy, an exhibition game between the Washington Senators and the Denver Bears took place in Denver. What Hall of Famer was the Senators manager in nineteen seventy for that game? Your options are Gil Hodges, Billy Martin, Jimmy Fox, or Ted Williams. Okay, that made it easier in some ways and harder than others. Let's see. All right, okay. This will make you feel better. The comment room is very quiet right now. Okay, good. Okay, good. I think that means they're being honest. I think that means they're, they're trying not to do the old, use the old Google machine and get the I answer right. one click, which you are obviously not doing, uh, which is very good. Well, sure. Right. Very honest, of course. You're not looking in the comments, not cheating. Looking for the, 19, the manager of the Washington Centers in 1970. Don't know. Is Billy Martin in the Hall of Fame? Is Gil Hodges in the Hall of Fame? Okay. I know Jimmy Fox and Ted Williams are in the Hall of Fame. So they're, they're on, I've got certain Hall of Famers. I know each of these guys has managed. But I'm not sure to what extent. I don't think Billy Martin managed the Senators can't remember who Gil Hodges managed at all. All right, I'll, I'll go with our guy. I'll go with our old friend, the lover of the media, as it were, uh, because it feels counterintuitive to put him in charge of baseball men. I'm going to say it was Ted Williams. Final. There it there is. There we go. You got it. Hit for the cycle. 50-50 shot. You just got a $25,000 raise at DNVR, Drew. Let's I'll go. make sure I send Brandon the email. Yeah, let him know. Let him know. Similar awards will be given out to all of our other contestants. No, <laughs> of course not. Very. I, I like how you thought that out. That was that was pretty impressive. Uh, I, you know, I, if it's a hard question. The, the choices have to be somewhat what difficult. I like how you broke it down. You thought of the Hall of Famers. You were right. 
Fox and Williams were the lock Hall of Famers. The other two actually are not in the Hall of Fame. They're they're somewhat borderline. How is Gil uh, Hodges not in the Hall? I I wasn't sure. He will but that eventually seems get counter. in. Yeah, that's it's wrong. it's kind of insane that that he he isn't yet. Uh, but and and Billy Martin someday could could you know find his way in when all the people that knew him best you know uh, die off, <laughs> and, people... they just, and they just look at his win loss record and they go, wow, he was a really good manager. He got a lot out of his players. People are fond of telling me it's the Hall of Fame, true. It's for people who were really famous in the game of it. Well, Billy Martin, <laughs> there you Very go. Very true. And Jimmy Fox. Uh, I, I think he managed a little bit in the major leagues, but fun fact is that he was uh, the character that Jimmy Dugan was based around in a league of their own. So it was actually Jimmy Fox that was the manager in the all girl, all American girls baseball league. That's awesome. That's really cool. So well, there we go. The cycle. Congratulations. I'm definitively the smartest baseball man alive. Larry Walker, I- Carlos Gonzalez, Nolan Arenado, and now. Drew Creaseman. Cycle hitters. Did I, did I walk off? Did I get the walk off win with it too? You did. You got I it. guess I, yeah, got it right there at the end. So. It, it might have been more of a walk off if you didn't have the multiple choice. That's really pimp. That's true. If That's true. It. I would have got, got the, it with hey, no help. Still, you still got it. You're yeah, still in the pantheon of all time greats. There it is. So if you want to play the game, uh, let us know in the Discord. Uh, we're probably, uh, no, I think, no, we're in. We're, we're, I'm locking it in. That's, that's putting the pressure on our graphics guys, but they're the best. They, they'll get it done. Um, and so this time next week, if you're following along with us, it's going to be Wednesdays. We're going 3 p.m. for our lives, as most of you know, Monday through Friday on Facebook, YouTube, t- Twitch. Actually, no, I'm not doing it on Twitch anymore, but just Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Uh, make sure, especially that you're following that YouTube, you're subscribing, you're pressing the like up on those. It helps other people find us and, and participate in the show. Uh, really boosts us there. And it also makes it easier for you to know when we're going live and uh, you know what we're going to be doing on any given day. Uh, sometimes we'll have uh, you know the headline for that day's show up already a few hours in advance. If, you, if you're there on YouTube, you'll know what to be ready for and you can prepare yourself. But if you want to play, hit for the cycle. Be ready for next Wednesday. We got to get our inaugural uh, fan participant in here. If you win the thing, we'll hook you up with a sticker pack from DNVR. You can see the one I've got right back here. Nolan Arenado and other cool stuff on it. Tony, this this Tony uh, design sticker. All kinds of cool stuff that you can get in those. And it's just fun. Just show off your baseball knowledge. We're, we're going to be having a lot of fun with it. So thanks, man. That, that was a good time. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. I feel fulfilled. I did a thing today. <laughs> it's, it's when, uh, when, when, when Katie gets home from work. She says, so how was your day? What'd you do? I was I hit for the cycle, babe. That's what I did That's today. It. it was a good day. Again, baseball's back. Day. Hitting for the cycle. It's it's a good day to be Drew Creaseman right now. <laughs> That's 100% right. So uh, hopefully it's a good day to be all of you out there because we're excited. Baseball's coming back. You don't want to miss any of it because it's all going to be weird and interesting and there's going to be stuff to talk about pretty much every day from here on out so make sure you're following us on all the social media stuff i'm at drew creaseman he's at patrick d Lyons. follow dnvr underscore rockies make sure you subscribe to all of the different podcast feeds including the denver sports podcast where we get together once a week all the four major beats sometimes we allow the college guys in when they're doing interesting stuff and uh, what we talk about the biggest 
things going on in sports, which has been Major League Baseball the last couple of times. By the way, there's been a lot of talk about this. If you want to know what the other people are thinking. And if you have even the smallest of interest in video games, I really do hope you'll check out our DNVR gaming podcast presented by WGT Golf. We love those guys. Uh, otherwise, keep drinking Breck Brew, keep being Manscaped, drinking your Strava Craft coffee, uh, being safe, being smart, being absolutely awesome. We will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.